Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Brands Tech Podcast. This is episode 27. And this one, like one I believe I did a few months ago, is about the Disney and Fox um, deal. And I'm going to go ahead and get started right now. So, like I said, a few months ago, I was talking about how um, the Walt Disney Company was willing to try to purchase 21st Century Fox, both of them being um, really big entertainment and media companies within the United States of America. And, yeah, it's official. As of a few days ago at 12.02 a.m., um, the Walt Disney Company successfully finished the purchase of um, 21st Century Fox, and it was actually the first day of spring, so it's brought up a new company, sort of. What I mean by that is, by technicality, a new Disney company was indeed created, um, consisting of the former um, Disney and the um, and most of the assets of 21st Century Fox. However, it um, still has the name, the Walt Disney Company. So, technically it's one the same still, but, you know. Okay, so what exactly does this mean? So... If you don't know, the Walt Disney Company is the biggest media comp- independent media company within the United States. Technically, while it's not the biggest as far as uh, mass media um, is concerned, because it doesn't really involve it per se, um, that would actually be number two to Comcast. Um, however, as no one owns um, Di- the Walt Disney Company, um, such as a um, telecommunications or mass media giant. Um, Walt Disney um, by itself is the number one um, taking ahead, and actually was already there to begin with. But Disney is most known for um, most uh, mostly the family-friendly movies, the movies they've been making for years, such as um, Disney Princesses and all of that, and more recently for Disney Pixar. However, it also is the owner of Lucasfilm, um, which creates a lot of the stuff in the Star Wars franchise. And it also owns Marvel Entertainment, which makes the comic books. And it has a subsidiary, um, Marvel Television, which makes television shows such as Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel's Agent Carter, the Defender series on Netflix, and all of those shows. And then they also have the separate... Marvel Studios, um, which makes the movies such as Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, and all of them. But without going into every single asset that um, that Disney owns, 21st Century Fox, on the other hand, are known for more um, sort of adventurous tales, so to speak. An example of this is how how Disney owns the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, 21st Century Fox owns the X-Men universe as well as the rights to the Fantastic Four as well. And a lot of different 
very valuable assets and actors are signed in. And they also have a really big presence when it comes to broadcast and cable television as they are, um, as 20th Century Fox um, is a really big television production company and makes um, quite a bit of shows which air on both the Fox Network um, and also ABC, ABC being owned by Disney. So what exactly does this gain for Disney? Well, as I've mentioned, both Disney and Fox own quite a bit of assets. And so a combination of them, yeah, it creates a really big, giant media company, um, media and entertainment company, which is able to focus on um, using all of these different franchises and assets to be able to create a better experience, so to speak, and to be able to technically control the whole media entertainment market at the same time, but yeah, well. Although what's interesting though about the assets that both of them own is that they've actually worked together um, in a couple different cases. Um, and for an example of this is Fox was actually the owner of a lot of sports networks and its main competitor um, to Fox Sports was ESPN, which is owned by Disney. Now, of course, because that would create a monopoly with the two largest sports networks, um, the Walt Disney Company did not acquire um, Fox Sports um, to be able to keep anyway, and it has to dispose of them within 90 days. And then also, a lot of their overlapping assets um, do have to be divided up within that time as well. Um, an example of this is... Fox has a big presence um, in Europe, but so does Disney. So Disney actually had to give up um, the rights to the networks they partially owned um, in Europe, um, which it still will use their programming, but they are no longer allowed to own it because it would create a monopoly. So it's not as if this, um, this merger would create uh, an unstoppable force, although it would make it a bit harder um, for competitors to really get in this late in the game. However, as I've mentioned, a lot of their assets actually seem to go together. And as I've mentioned before with the Marvel stuff, um, a lot of the stuff that Marvel Studios and Marvel Television does helps to create um, what they call a Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I talked about in an earlier episode when I was referring to the Netflix series um, within that network. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out. But one of the issues that Marvel had originally when they started this is that a majority of the Marvel Comics characters, um, which are most known, Disney actually did not, well at the time it was Marvel, um, which actually did not have the rights to it, um, to any of those characters, as they previously sold them to um, the predecessor of 21st Century Fox, um, which was News Corporation. And because of that, and because Fox essentially had the assets for it, Disney was unable to use and had to go without those characters, um, as well as the Fantastic Four, as I previously mentioned. But now that they all have, um, they have essentially everything with the exception of a few things like Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk um, at Universal, Spider-Man at Sony, they're essentially able to almost connect the dots. But the question is, 
how exactly would they um, essentially merge in the two um, universes? Will one of them, uh, most likely the X-Men one, just end and the characters are recast and put into the MCU? Or are they actually going to merge them together so they don't lose Fox's um, years of progress? We'll have to wait and see. Okay, so here's the part where I talk about essentially my closing thoughts with this. Um, so I don't essentially have to talk for about an hour. Because you could really go on for quite a bit of time discussing the ins and outs of this. And is this really good or bad for the media industry? Well, I, uh, my personal thoughts about it is I am actually a bit for um, this merger. Because it really does create a disturbance within the media field. However, I'm not quite a, um, a big fan of um, corporate companies essentially owning every single asset of the media industry, or any industry for that matter, um, essentially creating almost like a, um, not necessarily a monopoly or a duopoly, more of like a triopoly, if that's a thing, um, where you really just have a few big forces within the field um, that can do it, but only those companies really have a chance, and maybe some of the ones like the fourth or fifth uh, even have a chance of disturbing it. But one of the reasons I believe it's good is because you have competitors such as Netflix, which essentially undercut all of these media companies. And while you may say, well, that's actually a good thing because it stops those companies from being a monopoly, it sort of makes companies like Netflix almost a monopoly within themselves as they're essentially slowly killing off all of the media companies which have been established for years. And like I said, while that's not necessarily a bad thing, it's always good to have some change. Essentially, it's making it where it's almost impossible to compete against those companies without being one yourself. In other words, a company would have to become as powerful as Netflix in order to compete against Netflix. And... At the current pace, even in competitors such as Hulu, which are owned by companies um, such as Disney and Fox, um, now own, which own 60% of the company, they're still only in the United States and J um, Japanese markets. So they have almost no way of trying to catch up, essentially making Netflix the overall winner despite not, um, not actually being within the biggest media companies. But as far, as far as it comes for television entertainment, um, so to speak, Netflix will essentially have the um, upper hand up until now, where Disney is now allowed to essentially make streaming service to help compete against Netflix. Um, and like, like I said, each of this can be um, essentially interpreted into um, good and bad for the media industry. Show your true personal preference in which aspects you're really looking at, but I'm going to wrap this up. So thank you all for listening to today's podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it, um, and I'll catch you all later. Have a wonderful day.